This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. I hope everybody read the uh, the sign. I'm not going to review the bio- the biography of um, our very distinguished and old guest speaker and an old friend of Rabbi Herschel and of mine from the days of Mir and over the years, most of the Rebbeim. Um, so it's really a great honor and pleasure to have Rabbi Lapiansky, who's a tremendous mashpia in America. Uh, anybody who, any of our Talmudim who go back to the Washington, D.C. area, so they are right away connected uh, with Rabbi Lapiansky, and we're... Uh, Really, very honored that he takes from his very busy schedule to share his uh, always inspiring and deep words of Torah with us. Um, one of the things I'm always kind of very misragish, besides over the years, many people have learned to have come to live in the Washington area, and there always are very, very strong pillars of the Kehillah. Um, I learned the Mir way back when with the founders of the Yeshiva. And I keep thinking to myself, Reb Nochem's and Reb Chaim's learning were very focused for a very intense Yeshiva learning. And the Mir wasn't wonderfully intense Yeshiva, is a wonderful Yeshiva. But the pairs in a place like this, at first glance, is so different than the Mir. The, the people coming to learn, the type of Inyanam in have to be discussed, so much is different, but there's, there's something about the flavor of the Shiva that expresses itself here, that you feel it. It says that when Moshe Rabbeinu translated the Torah in 70 languages, it, 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 we, we, we kind of, a, a silly way to picture it is he wrote it up in 70 languages and put it away someplace. He gave Torah the ability to speak in different languages and still be Taurus Emes. Usually a translation loses a lot more than exact meaning. Worse than that is it loses some of the inner neshama, the chiyos. And we think about whether it's the approach, to the Claudius approach to Yiddishkeit, the way to learn, what, what tools should a person use to bring a person closer to the centrality of learning to that process so many of those things are are um, the the you know this is this is something which it, it's a language so different than the real language and yet you, once you taste it you get a sense that a lot of it the pastas the the not focused on the details but understanding what the, what the core is about and some other things and it always amazes me when when I, I see that the Tzibur, the Arlem and, and so on so it's Be'ez Hashem should keep that slocha and bringing the Torah to the furthest corners of, of Kal Yisrael um, there's a Chazal here I would like to 
talk about a bit. In the Torah here, we have described the first, the first description of a revelation, of a gilui. We know Avram Avinu HaKadosh spoke to Avram, but there is no discussion in the Torah of how it came about. It starts. Lech Lecha, and that's it. That's where we start from. So we don't really have any Torah describing how did that come about. Here we have the snare is actually a description of how it came to being that a Kaddish Baruch Hu, um, spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu, revealed himself. In other words, a, a, a description or revelation. And therefore, much of what's over here should be learned and studied in terms of the, the different ways in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu connects to a person, and more specifically, how he connects at first, which we would call that emuna and, and the, the, the ratios of, of a connection. Chazal says something that is extraordinarily <laughs> strange. It says, Vayoma, HaKadosh Baruch Hu introduced himself, Onochi Elokei Ovicha, I am the God of your father. So Chazal understood it was a, a, a direct reference to Moshe Rabbeinu's father rather than the Avos. And Chazal also understood that if he introduces himself as Akeavicha, it must be that Moshe is a youth. That seems to be underlying. Hahudiksiv. So Chazal said this this fits well with a Pasik. A fool believes anything. Mau pesi, what's a fool? Nar, a young person. A young person is called a pesi in, in Arabic. Now, I don't know Arabic well enough. My assumption is that if an Arabic nar is called a pesi, it's not it hasn't turned into a complimentary term. It's like saying in, in, in our language we call a teenager an idiot. So it's not because it took on a new and beautiful meaning and a positive meaning. It's, it's just it's, it's, a, it's a synonym that fits well. So pesi means a fool. A nar is rarely there are, there are one to psukim where nar, nar is so when nar is complimentary. But by Yosef, him being a nar, it seemed to have Mycenaeus, Sparnus says that, that he, he, he was very smart, but he was inexperienced. Nar is not complimentary. Pesi is certainly very derogatory. So, that's it. That's one pshat. So, Noach he is, the, the concept of a Pesi and Holdova being a nar, that fits well. Two, Dova Acha, another meaning of, 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 of Pesi, ain't Pesi a loshen pitui. It could mean um, a, a pitui is seduction. When I tempt somebody to do something wrong by offering something else. Kimode teimo, like says vichifate ish. Those are two meanings of the word Pesi, two understandings. So, so Pesi Amchaldava full believes everything. It either means he's young, inexperienced, or it means he's been seduced. Two meanings that are very negative. Tiran 
Moshe was very inexperienced with prophecy at this point. He never had prophecy. Omar Kachbar said, Im If I am going to reveal myself with a big boom, like we would imagine a Nevoah to come with a huge thunderstorm and a, you know, and a great light, I'm going to frighten him. Bekol Nomuch, if I come with a low voice, he's inexperienced, he, he's never had Nevoah, he's not going to think it's a Nevoah, it's just a regular sound like anything else. Ma also, what did he do? He came with his father's voice. He was so taken in by this, he said, Abba, what do you want? Not your father, I came through a seductive method so that you not be overwhelmed and frightened. This Chazal is incredible. No idea where it's coming from, what it means, what is it telling us. It, it definitely doesn't even, it sounds kind of negative, certainly not a compliment anyway. And this is what we're talking about Moshe Rabbeinu's first Gilu Nevu of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What are Chazal teaching us here? So let's think a little bit about it and let's understand it a bit. I, I want to I explain each one of these points, passages, and then try to understand um, what it is that um, what it is that Chazal are telling us, and they both complement each other in a way that goes to the heart of, of what we're talking about. The way in which we relate in words revelation in the sense of a, of, of a picture is obviously not what we're talking about revelation in the sense of a clear sense of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. for us we'll call that emuna. Emuna is not an intellectual argument that therefore QED this and this it's an awareness of something which somebody let's say somebody will, will come and ask any of us do you believe in gravity I'll say of course they say well did you ever see it smell it taste it can you explain it can you explain what it is the answer is zero 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 but our experiences have been so many times so consistent that our hand reacts when something is over there. We grab it because it's going to fall. It's, it's, it's even though it's not visible to the senses, but our grasp of it is something as real and as solid as something which our senses. So just like if I see something here, I am not going to walk into it because my eye tells me there's something here. If there's a sharp drop, I am going to be careful because my sense of gravity is if I walk, I'm not going to keep walking in the air, I'm going to fall. So we can develop a sense of the unsensed, of the unpalpable, could become to us as real as that which is palpable. That is the core of what Amuna is. And the truth is, even prophecy prophecy is not the pictures we see it's the sense that it's as real as a person talking the Rambam Mor says an incredible point 
about uh, about the Akeda. He says, what does the Akeda teach us? It has two or three points. One of those points is as follows. Imagine we had a vision where Hashem came to us and said, take your only son that I promised you and bring him as a sacrifice. What would, our first act would be, you know, I really need that vacation. That, you know, I, I, I know, now, now I know, I'm, 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 I'm hallucinating. I'm, I'm past of sanity, I need to take it easy. Um, that's how a person would feel. It, it, it would feel it's a, it, that I've become unhinged. To, to Avram Avinu, that, would ne- that never was even doubtful because prophecy to a prophet was as tangible and as real as this is to me. Could, could a person imagine things? Yes. But that's... If, if, I, if, if I come to understand that I'm hallucinating, I stop functioning. I'm gone. I, if I can't trust any of my senses. To, to, uh, uh, Hashem's communication to a Novi was as real to him then that never was, was, was doubt. So that's Emunah. How, what are the things of connecting to Emunah? What are the impediments and what's there? So the first thing is, there's a famous Rebel Hanan, and people say it over extremely superficially. Rebel Hanan is very famous. He writes that, he, he, he asks how can people be, be um, held accountable for Emunah when so many people struggled with it and such great geniuses. And he says it's really simple. It's just people have Negeas and Taivas and so on and so forth. People quote it as that. And it's not a reasonable argument if it's quoted like that. There are some people that are really good people. So does the person have... I don't know. It, what Rebbe is something much deeper. And what it means is we view things through the layers of experience and what we are, what we have and everything. There is no such thing as an objective view because we are subjective people. We see everything through our eyes. There's no way around. It's just like, I can never say this is white light. All I can say is, this light appears to my eyes as white and to many people. My eyes consist of something. They, 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 they have a lens, and the lens imparts something to this. Maybe it imparts a whiteness to it. Maybe it doesn't. I have the nerves, the brain interprets it. Everything, the, the, all I can say is it, it looks to me white, but that's it. This is true about everything we see and experience. We tend to do it through our the earlier a person the, the earlier experiences of a person have a much stronger they, they come, they're much more objective because they are coming through the early layers of his person there has been much when Chazal say the difference between an older person or a younger person the difference is because, because a younger person is like an, a clean slate versus an older person being a slate that's written and erased. We're not only talking about um, skills of reading and, re- and, and remembering and so on. We're talking about learning in a fundamental way. And that's why there's such a stress on the tahara and kedusha of children learning in a cheder because the layer 
yes, we long ago have forgotten what we learned in Cheder and in, and, and in lower grades and so on. We don't remember. We, we've changed our mind and we changed everything. Maybe. But that filter still exists. And that's the, one of the earliest layers of knowledge. And that's why there's such a stress on the Kedusha of that Kufa, on the Yerushimayim of the people, because you'll never, everything in life is going to go through that. Yes, you, you're able to override it and overcome it and so on, but you'll never be able to, 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 to completely erase it. Uh, there was a, there's a person who lives in Israel. He's a very big scientist. He's a, he's, a, he's a meteorologist. He's NASA's representative. A from person, um, he's NASA's representative. The, like the weather patterns around Israel, he's the one he deals with that. Every, he would do a sabbatical um, and come to Silver Spring. He was there twice. He's a very he's a very from person, but his background he, he, he's a more you sort of modernish person and. He told me, like, he lived near the yeshiva, which was a wonderful person. He told me that he grew up in the old Jerusalem. His father sent him to Meir Sharm Cheda till fourth grade, Badafka. It's not, it's not where he wanted him to be, but he sent him there. And then he sent him on to a more modern type of school and then university <laughs> and so on. And he said his father wanted his basis to be an unadulterated Yerushalayim, an unsophisticated Yerushalayim. And, and it's interesting, he's a highly talented individual, his, his ideology would be considered somewhere in the more modern world, but a lot of his mannerism, a lot of his personality, you can see where it's rooted in. And it was fascinating to me. You think that it's, it's of no value, third or fourth grade, that's it. So when Chazal say you're dealing with a blank slate, it's not about information you impart, it's about personality. More than anything else, that's, that's very crucial. Nobody, when a person approaches a Muna, do I, do I believe it? If, 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 if we're talking about a mathematical equation, does this work or not, there's very little personality laid about it, and, then, and I don't make the decision based on it. A Muna, you're talking about things that they're not physical things. You can't, but you need to treat it as being something that is real. If there are layers there that resist the idea of a person being beholden to a creator, the idea that a person's mind is limited, th- those are ideas that are extraordinary ideas. And if there are layers in the person that resist it, and there are many reasons why it resist it, it has a very hard time going in. The person needs to first understand himself and understand why I, 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 I resist the idea of authority. So what Rabbi Khan means is any nar, anybody that doesn't have, the less we have a preconceived personal bias, emuna would fall into place. And it's only, emuna is something that goes against the sense of self. I, I, what is the first eight Sahara that, that ever in the world, the first eight Sahara, the first eight Sahara of eating for eight Sadas, the sales pitch wasn't that the fruits were delicious. The sales pitch was, Adam, you're number two. You're brilliant. Your mind takes in the whole world, but there's one piece that you're missing. And if you take that piece, you become 
an associate to God instead of a servant to God. It's a, it's a move up the ladder. Because, and a person was built to be accomplished, to be perfect. And what he was selling him was moving up a notch so that you're parallel to God instead of subservient to God makes you. This is, this is perfection. That's our core Yetzirah for a thinking person. For a person that Yetzirah is a six-pack and a, and a football game, Bless be you, sit with the six-pack football game. You, this, is, this is not relevant. But for a person who, who, who has a deep-seated instincts of Tzuras Adam, that's Yitzhahara. And that's why as long as a person has... For a person to say... For a person who's been living a life of I understand and therefore I am. And no one can pull rank on me because I am. And say, you know human mind is limited and that's it and you have to accept that the world is contains in itself the chachma that is beyond you and you at this point are a pesi very tough so the first thing is the core of the gila that is selfless in every sense of the word it's, we're talking about pesi not because if a person is, is, is unwise in an area that he could be accomplished, he's an idiot. If a person recognizes his limitations and he says, I'm a pessy, and from this point I'm pessy because that's what he is, that's, that's the bedrock that a muna can rest on. The understanding of, till this point, human knowledge takes me, human understanding takes me, and from this point onwards, I'm a Kabul because I'm a Pesi. That's the first understanding of Chazal over here. The second one is let's look at the Teva that HaKadosh Baruch Hu put into the Bria. It says there are three partners of a person, father, mother, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Let's understand that thread. Every person comes into this world and there he is pre-programmed our minds work in a certain way and we also have the teva the nature that until a person is bar mitzvah or so he's a makabal what his parents tell him is true that's extraordinarily important because it's like if I use a contemporary marshal we have the hardware we have the software, and we have the operating system. You, 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 the, the, the hardware, put into us, and that's where we are. But the way in which we look at everything in the most basic way, the way, the way in which we will process information, the way we'll, we will do many specific things, there's an operating system. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu made it that we absorb that from our parents, and we... And, and, and we we incorporate it. A child will naturally listen and take his parents' words as being true. That's what Ramban says. Unless, God forbid, there's a, it is you know, it's a, a, a very difficult family situation. But normally, that's the normal. HaKadosh Baruch did it that way. If it wasn't that way, every single one of us would have to reinvent the wheel. If, if, if we came just with the hardware, we'd have to start... If we, if we would contest everything. You know, we talk a lot, like in a science class, we'd like kids to ask questions. Yes, but when you tell them how to do solve an equation, how do I know it's right? Who said? That, that, that line of questioning is good in graduate school, 
but in high school it will get you no place. So at the end of the day, if you have to reinvent arithmetic, you'll never get anywhere. So Kaddish Baruch Hu, for the Bria to function, we need hardware, and we need an artisan that comes from somewhere. A Kaddish Baruch Hu is the third shot of means when a person matures the same roadway, the same pipeline that allowed for father and mother's instruction to come in, the first entrance into a person of listening to something outside you, understanding that the racist chachma comes from someplace else, that's a koil of it. In other words, Akadosh Baruch Hu's, Akadosh Baruch Hu's instruction, Akadosh Baruch Hu's um, flow starts with Kol Aviv. He, he wasn't ready yet. It, I, once Akadosh Baruch has a pipeline in through Kol Aviv, it expands and and it becomes something else. So Emuna, so it, it, this Chazal over here is an extraordinary Chazal helping us understand ourselves how Emuna gets anchored in our person. One understanding the role that so much other things have I, I want to tell you again, I, I, don't, I don't want to be so specific about this this point, but it's, it's just an example um, there's somebody, his name is the mayor best of his name is Dr. Spetna he was a scientist in America for many years he worked on extraordinarily sophisticated electronic systems for missiles Shema Torah Mitzvah Mayim lived in Silver Spring founded the yeshiva together he was the Balabai's founding of the yeshiva um, he started you know, in its infancy really helped it and um, made Aliyah Tarot Yisrael uh, in the 70s sometime a Meir um, Besim he's still alive Baruch Hashem wonderful person um, his children he has two children that are extraordinary Tamir Chachamim and a wonderful person he wrote a book about 15-20 years ago about evolution and it was called, I think, Not By Chance or Not By Chance, only something like that. And his point was that for any person, the mathematical chance, the statistical chance of things happening by, by the statistical chance of something happening just by itself, this world, is what would scientifically be called impossibility. Very low-key, you know, the minimal amount of you know, point that he's making, and he, and he proves it. He, he's, it does his field. This is a major. He did not want it. He did not want it to be published by Art Scroll. He wanted to be published by a prestigious university press house because obviously, you know, it's it, it's very different when you read something published by 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 your local uh, Jewish bookstore or published by you know. So, so he gave it in. I think it was Chicago University or something like that. One of the, one of those. And they rejected it. And he sat down with the one who, who vets their science stuff and says, what's the problem here? He says, your arguments, he said, are, are, are rock solid. He says, so what's wrong? He says, we will become the laughing stock of the world if we publish it. He said, but you told me something rock solid. He said, yes, but we will be considered now some sort of... Do, do I, I don't think it's crazy. I, I understand that. Society has ideas. Society has things that are accepted generally. It's very hard for new ideas to push themselves. Yes, I, you know, I, we all function like that. You know, it, 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 and I tell people, Einstein 
was one in a million who people thought were crazy, but for every Einstein there were 999,999 people that were crazy. So, so it, it's normal for society to have a sense of things. But understand, if a person does not have a taras hanefesh, if a person, down deep I resist authority, down deep I, I resist restrictions on my life, down deep I resist things that are against what I have built up. So, so part of working for a Muna, onto a Muna, is a certain Taras Nefesh. And that's why, for a lot of people, when they start living like a Jew, a Muna comes with it. Besides the fact that there's something which sort of self-proves in a certain sense, it's a life that I'm really beginning to feel different about, it also removes, if I ask somebody, okay, um, you, can't, you come again, you, you, you'd like to believe in Torah, let me tell you a little bit about the consequence of that. What you're eating is going to taste one tenth as good and cost ten times as much, and be inaccessible most places. Um, you, 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 who you marry, how you marry, what you do in 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 that realm of life is going to be restricted thousand times over. I mean, there's a day of the week where you can't look at your emails, answer your phone, do anything except for daven and learn. Uh, we have some lovely holidays that you spend all day in shul davening and then some. You know, and, and and so on. I mean, you, you'd have to be kind of strange to want to buy into it. But when a person does it, and, and it's okay, and now he's asking himself about it, he has the mindset. Understand that Taharas HaNefesh and, and, and a certain clearing of it, and understanding that also, that we all think through what we've been taught. If you've been taught all your life that religious people are wackos and crazy and strange, it takes, it's not going to be easy. You, you, the, the mind is not objective. It doesn't say, oh, well, but they said this, they're wrong, they said this, that. No, we, we think through our mind. Two, so look at the Akarish Baruch who is the outs. We have an infusion of emis. To, to the most secular person in the world, a parent's job is to give him his basic sense of right and wrong. And if a parent doesn't do that, he's not giving a blank slate. He's teaching a kid there's no right and wrong. If, 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 if you tell a kid there is no right or wrong, you decide whatever it is, you're not helping the kid find it. That's also a statement. The statement is whatever you like at the age of 20 is fine. That's a, that's a statement. Understand that the, the lekei of vicha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a Kibur Ave Aim is the mitzvah that rests on the cusp because Kibur Ave Aim occupies two worlds and Kibur Aim and Avim this world is part of this world it's also the channel through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us the Giluyim through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals to us so yes this parasha is the parasha of the um, of, of the first revelation it's for us, a, it should be a bedrock of understanding our personal revelations. Akash does not reveal himself with that cold godol and, and frightening voice to that, that it says of there, but he reveals himself in the sense of, in that deep voice in us, there is bad, right and wrong, duty, obligation, um, God. That's the vehicle comfort. Bez Hashem, we should be Zohar to have more Taharas Alev. We should be Zohar more to listen to the call Hashem. And Emuna is automatic through that. The more Torah our nefesh is, and the more we understand.
that Tov and Ra has to come in from the outside and Akadshbrok has made us to be makabel for it. Bez Hashem, the more we zayich to 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 a muna and a firm muna and 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 a good muna Hashem. Another week of Hashem to Wednesday night. I'm rented a party this time. I used to in Ramadashkol. I took one minute after I rented one minute of his apartments. How's it going here? Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm very really you know about that point. Yeah, yeah. You know, what, we're, we are nourished by what happens on the ground roots. <laughs> and it's uh, not, not, not such a... Yeah, and you're also very unaffiliated. You, you don't have, a, you know, a, like a, a vertical... Uh, you know, uh,